This is 105.9 The Region, and you're listening to Discovery, the radio show for podcasters. Your content, unfiltered. This is Discovery. This is Mental Health Moments, the podcast dedicated to breaking down barriers and sharing your stories. Brought to you by 105.9 The Region. Hey there, and welcome to another episode of Mental Health Moments, hosted by yours truly, Film Cave, and brought to you by 105.9 The Region. Before we get into today's show, I wanted to let you know that Discovery, the wonderful program that hosts Mental Health Moments, is on all major podcast platforms. And what I mean by that is, if you listen to podcasts on Google Play, you can get Discovery there. If you listen on Audible, Spotify, Apple uh, Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, there's a very real chance that Discovery and Mental Health Moments is on that platform. It's pretty great stuff, just check it out. Now, this show focuses on mental health, obviously. Today is no exception. With that said, the format of today is going to be a little bit different. Different how, you ask? Well, this week, I'm not going to be interviewing any guests. I'm not going to be talking to anyone in particular. I wanted to talk about something that is near and dear to my heart that has had a serious impact on my personal life and my mental health. That thing is video games. My hope is that this conversation is going to highlight how mental health extends to all facets of life, and moreover, the kind of impact that video games can have on individuals and the community as a whole. Now, I know what you're thinking. It's a bit of a reach to connect mental health to video games, but hear me out. Since their creation, games have been a source of entertainment. Although I'm too young to have experienced it firsthand, I've heard a lot of stories of how much fun it was to be playing that first ever Pong game. Again, I cannot speak to the specific game, but the sentiment, the feeling, the memories that come from plopping yourself in front of a TV and getting lost is just part of what we'll explore today. But first, I wanted to look at the current generation of video games and how the medium has transcended beyond mindless entertainment. The game I think of when trying to convey this point is the post-apocalyptic survival game called The Last of Us. This game was fun and satisfying to play, but the reason I bring it up here on a mental health-focused show is because the story brought out so many different emotions in myself. While I was playing this game, I experienced a number of feelings. Joy, pride, resentment, anger, stress, fun, and on and on and on and on. There were so many different emotions to be felt. I'm not the only one that had felt things while experiencing this game. Here is a clip of the actor Troy Baker, who voices the main character Joel in The Last of Us franchise, and here's what he had to say about filming a scene early on in the game. There was a scene that needed to be shot. There was not a moment that Troy needed to have. There was a moment that Joel needed to have, and I completely forgot about him in that moment. And so we went through it again and again. And meanwhile, she's over here just an effusive fountain of tears and emotion. The scene he's referring to early on in the game is when Joel, his character, manages to escape from the zombies, only to have his daughter shot and killed by a soldier. Albeit accidentally, it was a devastating moment in the game and for the character. My whole point in referring to this game and moreover that moment is because you the player watch this all unfold, and although I can't speak for others, seeing that moment, experiencing that moment while controlling a video game changed how I think about gaming and the stories that are being told. Video games nowadays have so much heart to them, there's so much raw emotion, and being immersed in a game like that has genuinely altered the way I think about video games and 
to be completely frank, how I've, I think about very existential things, like what my purpose in life is, what would I do in these moments, and on and on and on. It's really opened my mind to other experiences. Aside from emotional experiences, gaming can be absolutely cathartic for some, myself included. As you've heard me say in other episodes, I was bullied growing up, and as cheesy and generic as it sounds, video games never bullied me. Video games were an escape from what was bugging me. Whether it was helping Mario save Princess Peach, or looting dungeons in The Legend of Zelda, and actually even more recently, I found a little bit of escapism in the House Flipper game, which literally all you do is clean and restore homes and then sell them again. There's no real purpose to it, but it's cathartic to dive into something like that and not have to worry about all the stresses of the world and so on and so forth. Is it a good idea to run from your problems? No, I don't think so, but I do believe that gaming as, an, uh, as a young person gave my adolescent brain the chance to forget about all the bad that I was feeling and really give myself time to process what was going on around me and really put myself in a position that I wasn't worried about being bullied at school because I was focusing on saving the princess and so on and so forth. There was a there was a lot that was able to keep me from worrying about the next day's problem because I was focused on these games. Early on I talked about the idea of getting lost in video games and I wanted to circle back to that and what it means for you and your family and your friends and so on and so forth. When I think about mental health and its relation to video games, using myself as the case study, some of my fondest memories I have as a child and teen stem from moments I had while playing video games. My dad has been playing the Legend of Zelda series longer than I've been alive. Quite literally, the first one came out in 86, I was born in 91. As I got older, I got to watch him play the latest version of the game, eventually playing myself, and finally, I got to beat the hard parts for him. But I digress. Watching and playing those video games and experiencing those moments over decades created a lot of positive memories and moments that 1 million percent impacted my mental health. Through my parents' divorce, through everything, through all the bullying, I knew that on Saturdays and Sundays there was a very real chance that my dad and I got to sit down and, and share these experiences, share those moments, share these conquests in the, the virtual world together. Moving on, my oldest and dearest friend in the world is uh, Robert Reed. He's a friend of mine. He might come up in other episodes, but regardless, him and I used to play video games religiously, sometimes even to a fault. And again, bringing my stories and their connection to mental health, he was always better than me at the video games, always. And I say that reluctantly because he might listen to this and I don't want him to know that, fine, you were better than me. Anyway. There was one night that we were playing uh, a particular game. I believe it was Perfect Dark, which was a, uh, a shooter game on the Nintendo 64, and his sister came home. She saw that because of my cerebral palsy, I played video games essentially one-handed. She was absolutely blown away that I was able to do this and that I was able to be close to how good her uh, brother Robert was. And that exchange, that moment made me feel better about myself, and despite my challenges, I was holding my own, and I could I could 
compete with the big boys, for lack of a better expression, and I could never do that playing sports. I had absolutely zero athletic talent, so finally I found something that I was as good as my peers at, and that felt great. That must have had an impact on my mental health. Now, I've spoken at length about the positives of gaming and how that has had an impact on my mental health, but there are certainly negatives as well. I think it goes without saying, I am no expert. But I want to reiterate that I'm speaking from the heart, from my own story, my own experiences, and talking about the kind of impact that video games has on mental health as I have seen it. Remember a little bit ago when I said Robert and I used to play video games religiously, sometimes to a fault? Him and I used to play video games religiously, sometimes even to a fault. Well, I meant that literally. For me, gaming became and still is a bit of an addiction of mine. I don't know the science behind it, but if I were a betting man, I'd wager a guess that escapism that I spoke about earlier was a factor in my desire to play video games all day, every day. Further to that, I've, I know that I've spoken about it in other episodes and I'll reiterate here, I've got some anger issues, and at times video games has brought out the absolute worst side of that in me. From throwing controllers, to screaming at the TV, to something in the gaming world called rage quitting, which is the act of backing out of a game before it finished, just in a white-hot rage. Rage quit. Thinking about gaming as a whole and objectively, the gaming community can be both great and awful for one's mental health. I want to get the bad out of the way so we can close the segment with a conversation about the good. So anyone that has played video games online knows that it can be a cesspool of problematic content, racist remarks, misogynistic points of view, and just outright cheaters. For instance, if you do a quick Google search of racist gaming, there is multiple articles on gaming companies talking about how they're trying to circumvent racism in their games and how their platforms are being used to further awful rhetoric. For me personally, I intentionally avoid playing online, mostly because I don't want to subject myself to ridicule as I am awful and I'm angry. But also, there are times that I just want to avoid online gaming because of the toxic reasons that I've listed a little bit ago. There is so much minutiae in online gaming that I just, I can't possibly explain it all. If you're interested, you can Google search any of those buzzwords that I've used, and you'll find all the information that you need to know. But the flip side of this is that the gaming community can also be uplifting and a, a super happy environment as well. I've seen countless TikToks of people sharing that they are struggling with something personally and their online teammates rally behind them and solidify a win for that person struggling. It seems kind of silly given that you're just playing a video game, but I'm sure we can all agree that in those moments when you're at your lowest, finding a positive, finding something good is certainly uplifting. Now, if you'll allow me, I'm going to go on a bit of a tangent here for a second. When the pandemic hit, we were all forced into isolation. But because of that, I, like many other gamers, turned to the internet for a cure of that feeling of being alone. And YouTube is where I found a man by the online name of The Rad Brad. I believe his name is Brad, could be a pseudonym, but regardless, The Rad Brad, who has amassed 13 million subscribers, he amassed these subscribers simply by playing video games and recording it for others to experience. Okay, you're asking yourself, what's the point here, Phil? My point, thank you very much, is that Brad 
has garnered all of these fans because there is no motives behind his videos. Every single video, it feels like you, the audience, is hanging out on the couch right there next to him, and you experience these moments, just like I've continued to talk about sitting with your friends and loved ones playing video games. There are so many memories to be had. I wanted to close today by saying that video games are not for everyone, just like any other vice is not for everyone. But I hope that this conversation has left you open to thinking about video games and the impact they have. And further to that, that video games are not just mindless entertainment. They, are, they have so much heart and soul and thought that goes into them and man hours. There's countless stories of companies working day in, day out, 12-hour days just to make a game as good as they possibly can. But I digress. There is no doubt in my mind that my love of gaming has tilted my perspective to thinking that gaming is a primarily good thing, and you can feel the opposite. If that's the case, I'd love to debate you on that. So, to that point, if you want to reach out to Mental Health Moments, you can email me at phil at 1059theregion.com or info at 1059theregion.com. Until next time, you are loved. If you or someone you love is struggling with mental health concerns, contact a local agency near you. This has been Mental Health Moments, brought to you by 105.9 The Region. Do you have an idea or a podcast to share? Send it to us here at Discovery, the radio show for podcasters on 105.9 The Region. You're listening to the Millennial Balance Podcast, brought to you by 105.9 The Region, exclusively part of our Discoveries block. I'm Shaliza Backus. I'm Afwa Ba. Shaliza, there's still snow outside. I know. Now, like... And it melted and it came back. You know? Like... (laughs) And I know, I know I'm being salty. Well, no pun intended, because I know it's supposed to be salt on the roads. But, (laughs) like... I know we're supposed to have snow like well into like May last year. We had snow in May and everyone was like, say what? But I mean, I feel like the amount of snow that we've had. I'm kind of done now. I'm kind of done too. I'm kind of done now. (laughs) Just like sun, spring, like any time now. Are you there? Come on. Hello? Come on What did the groundhog say? I don't even remember. There's so many groundhogs. I just don't know which one. I know. They need to have a collective meeting and figure themselves out. Because I am just done. It's like, okay, them. so we are going to emerge. Right? And this is what's going to happen. We're, we're not going to see. I don't even remember. It's we we see our shadow or we don't see our shadow. So don't quote me. It's like, we're all not going to see our shadows. And we don't want like the rogue one to be like, but like, what if you do see? No, no, no. Okay. Don't yeah. see your shadow. Come out and be done. There we go. Agreed? And that is our groundhog rant for the day. <laughs> Anyway, I mean, I guess that's just what you expect in in Canada, in York region. Yeah. We're just going to have to stick it out for a little while longer. But anyway, Mm -hmm. we are not here to rant about the weather. Yeah. I'm sure everybody does that enough as it is. All the time. But uh, we are super excited to have a local actress on the show today. Her name is Samantha O'Coyne. Hey, Samantha, how's it going? Hi there. Thank you so much for having me. Pleasure having you on. Thanks so much for joining us. And um, I'm sorry about you listening to our groundhog rant just now. (laughs) Anyway, the real reason we are here, it is to talk about this brand new show that you're in. It's called Astrid and Lily Save the World. Yes. It sounds so cool. Tell us all about it. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so the show follows two female leads. Um, They're both plus five. And they're kind of outcasts in high school. Um, they are really each other's rocks, basically. And they are, you know, they're absolute best friends. Um, and, uh, yeah, their friendship their friendship is literally everything. Um, but basically, they go to this party one night um, that's hosted by this, like, jerk 
who's this jock in their school, and they get bullied, they get fat shamed, and they end up leaving the party, um, and so, you know, get out all of their frustration and, and, you know, sadness, they decide to do this, like, burn ritual, and they basically burn a bunch of things from, you know, these bullies that have hurt them over time. And in doing so, they end up opening this portal to another dimension, um, to this monster dimension. <laughs> and it ends up being up to them to, you know, collect all these monsters and save the world. So that's basically the premise of the show. That's <laughs> interesting. It's got a lot of different, like, levels to mm-hmm. it. And uh, obviously Definitely. bullying, uh, one of yeah. the themes. And see, okay, as soon as you said the word burn, I instantly thought burn book from Mean Girls. Mean Girls? Right? Yeah. <laughs> And they are like the most iconic bullies, mm. not to not to glamorize bullying or anything, but you know, so right. is it kind of similar to that or is it different than a burn book? You know, it's kind of, I mean, it, I think it was our burn book moment, um, but it was done in a more, uh, you know, sort of therapeutic way and not, not as much in like a, a nasty way to the, to the bullies. Um, so it was more of our moment of being like, okay, we, we've had enough. We just, we need to do this so we can let go of the situation, let go of our bullies and just, you know, be able to live. And we, we thought that that's, you know, burning all these items would be able to do that for us. But, you know, <laughs> it ended up opening at the portal instead. That's so cool. That's so cool. And tell us a little <laughs> bit more about Lily, which is the character that yes. you play. Um, Lily, she is a very sweet natured character. You know, she's really insecure. Um, she is as well plus size and, um, she, yeah, she really wears her heart on her sleeve. You know, she really relies on her best friend Astrid, um, for her confidence and, um, Lily, she's really just trying to figure, figure herself out. You know, high school is a really weird time, I think for everyone. And, uh, especially being someone who is, you know, looked at as, you know, sort of like an outsider, I think it's hard for Lily to feel that she can fit in. Um, so yeah, we, we kind of get to delve into that and she has this beautiful character arc, you know, throughout the season where she's, she's sort of finding herself and trying to find that confidence and, and, you know, there are a lot of challenges are thrown her way. Um, for sure, you know, being, being, being a young girl, um, in high school has its challenges. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, we get to, we get to touch on that, which, which, you know, I was super happy that we get to talk about things like that, um, in the show. And um, I'm excited to see where her character goes. And I really love, you know, just the premise of of you explaining this show and and, and what it's basically about. It you know it starts mm-hmm. off in this place where it's just like, of course, um, you're in school and you're dealing with these these difficult issues, and then you have this whole like monster slayer vibe on the other <laughs> side. It's just like you guys don't have time to deal with the jocks and the stuff that are always trying to like get on nah. you guys. It's like, listen, yeah, uh, no time for you now trying to save the world. Thanks, <laughs> uh, exactly. which which exactly. I love. Um, what is it about Lily's character that like? you you were so attracted to that you love that you want audience members or viewers um to see about lily something that you know really drew me to lily was just her vulnerability her ability to just be able to be so open um to wear her heart on her sleeve um it was it was a challenge for me actually because me as samantha i am you know much more closed off than i needed person and to get to be able to be a person like lily where, you know, she was so open and, and so trusting of people. Um, I, I felt like I really learned a lot from that. And I, you know, I'm hoping people resonate with that quality of hers. Um, because, you know, you can really, you really feel for her. And, and you know, the things that she's going through um, are so difficult. And I think difficult to watch because she is 
feeling those things so openly throughout the show. Um, so, you know, I'm hoping, I'm really hoping that the audience resonates with her. So far, you know, we've gotten positive responses from the show, which has been amazing. But yeah, that's something I'm really, really hoping that people resonate with for her, for sure. We love that. And uh, in the month of March, we love to celebrate women. We should be celebrating women all day, every day. But, you know, March 8th is International Women's Day. And I think it's just amazing to see a show with two strong female leads. And, and, you know, we're saving the world. We're girls saving the world out here. Um, I mean, absolutely. I I could have 100% used this show, um, you know, when I was in high school. This something like just seeing two, two female leads in a show is incredible for, you know, for me and, and for, for, I'm sure a lot of people out there, a lot of women out there just to get to, to see that. And, and also the fact that, you know, the, the show has our two, like the two female leads names in it, which that's a huge thing, yes. you know, for, for TV nowadays and film, and that doesn't usually happen. And, you know, something else that's really interesting about the show, um, that is definitely more pro, I think pro woman days is that, you know, these two female characters aren't, you know, um, pinted against each other. They are there to uplift each other and it is really girl supporting girls. And I, and I absolutely love it. I'm so here for that. Um, and I feel like we need more of that in, in the media and in film. Um, so something that's something I just, I love so much about this show. Yes. I love that so much. It's definitely the opposite of mean girls. Like we are definitely out of the mean girls territory (laughs) right now. (laughs) Yes. Yes. None of that. All, all the all the women in the show are just like um, they are powerhouses. And you know, the show actually was directed by all female and non-binary um, people, so that was super amazing as well. And all of our key heads in like the major departments on the show were women, and the two showrunners are women, and all the writers were women. Um, so this this show is very woman heavy, and um, I, it just makes me so proud to be a part of it. Awesome. I love to hear that. Love to see it, too. Um, If there is sort of one or two messages that you would want millennials, young people, even adults to sort of gauge from the show right off the bat, what would those sort of key messages be? They would be that you don't have to look a certain way to be loved, to be accepted socially or in whichever way. Um, you don't have to look a certain way to be a hero and they come in all shapes and sizes. Um, it's cliche because it's true. And, um, yeah, I, you know, I'm really hoping people, people resonate with, with that. And, uh, I just feel like it's, it's so important, um, you know, to, to love those things that make you different and it's the things that make you different, um, that make you feel special. So I'm really hoping that, you know, people, people can take that away when watching the show. Yes, definitely. Like, and I think it's all about being comfortable in your own skin as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, speaking of which, Samantha, we know that you are a little bit of a beauty guru, a little bit of a skincare nut like myself. And, (laughs) and I hate to, I hate to bring COVID into it, but I'm going to, um, you know, I was one of those people who I would rarely ever walk out of the house without like a full face of makeup on, you know? And Mm -hmm. I just feel like, over the last couple of years, you know, wearing a mask all the time, by the way, uh, it's been great. It's been doing wonders for your skin, not wearing makeup all the time. But I just right. feel like I've developed this sense of comfort that I never thought I would have developed. Totally. It's so it's so weird that being behind a mask, it's like you don't have to worry about, you know, a physical feature that people tend to judge so heavily on, you know, your face. It's it's um 
it, it is, it's, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. I, I totally agree. You know, it, it's weird that there's this sense of confidence that can come from hiding, hiding your face. It's almost work in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I, I hope that, you know, we get to a point where, um, hiding our face, you know, doesn't give us that sense of confidence, <laughs> especially if we're insecure about it. Um, uh, but no, it is really interesting. And, um, it's weird how, how, how that happens. I mean, I know I, I definitely have a sense of security when I have my mask on, mm-hmm. you know, if I have a blemish that I, you know, it's, it's just easy. It's like, Oh, the mask hides it. So it's perfect for me. Now, Samantha, question yeah. I, I correct me if I'm wrong, what I'm hearing or you, you know, you can let me know, but you're a singer songwriter. Oh, yes, I am. I am. Yeah. I, um, I started, you know, I started songwriting. Um, I mean, I started writing songs, like little songs when I was younger, but I started seriously songwriting about two years ago. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's a huge passion of mine. And do you find that you're enjoying the acting side of things or do you kind of want to get back into the music scene as well? I I've definitely felt a little bit like I've been at a crossroads a little bit lately because I've been really focused on the show and auditions yeah, um, and, you know, just all things acting related. I definitely feel like, um, you know, hopefully I will make more time to get back to music, but I know that I want music to be a part of my career no matter what I'm, I'm, is something I'm so passionate about um creating it and singing um and I'm hopefully going to be releasing an EP this uh this year so fingers crossed it'll come out you know sooner rather than later um and just you know finishing up some songs and uh yeah I'm super super excited for you know that part of my career to um to happen for me as well that's amazing do you think that Lily has any musical talents could we see you Mm. showcasing some of that on the show (laughs) You know, you never know. Um, I, yeah, I, I've talked to the showrunners. They actually didn't know that I, I could sing before they casted me um, as Lily. Um, and they found out while we were filming the show. And so they're, they're, they really want to do a musical episode in the future. So I'm really hoping that that happens. And then we'll all get to sing um, and it'll be great. Um, but yeah, that that would be so amazing. I, I mean, I feel like Lily's got got some hidden talent. So, yeah. So you know, <laughs> anything. Can Waiting happen. for that episode. Yeah, she's now? gonna break yes. it out, and she's just like, "And what? Y'all <laughs> thought I'm gonna save the world, and I'm gonna sing y'all a tune on top of that. I won't charge you anything." <laughs> yes, we love that. Now, in case our listeners didn't know, uh, Samantha, you're actually yeah. from Beaton, Ontario, which is not too far yeah. from us here in York Region. And then you shipped yourself off to Hollywood. You're living the. You're living. The the glamorous <laughs> life in LA and how did the two compare? Well, um, <laughs> it is like night and day. So I come from a really, really, really tiny town. My town has like one stoplight. And um, so in LA, there are multiple stoplights. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, there are, okay, one thing that is different though is that I wasn't able to find a Tim Hortons in LA oh. and Beaton has a Tim Hortons. So, there you go. But no, it really was such a drastic change for me. I mean, Beaton is so tiny and, you know, you kind of know everyone, um, everyone that, that lives there. And at least my dad knows everyone that lives in the town. Um, so L.A. was really huge, a little scary, but, you know, I was I, I had great people around me, which which made it really fun. All right. Now, when does uh, Astrid and Lily Save the World air and how can people watch it and stay yeah. up to date with you? 
Yes. Oh my gosh. Of course. So Astrid and Lily airs at 10 p.m. on the Sci-Fi Network, CTV Sci-Fi, and it also streams on, uh, on Crave Canada. So if you have Crave, the streaming network, it streams there at 10 p.m. every Wednesday night. Nice. And if people want to follow you, follow your journey, your music, your acting, yes. and your, your beauty, all of the above. All of the above. You can follow me um, at Samantha O'Coin on Instagram. And you can also follow me at, um, at Samantha O'Coin underscore on Twitter if you want to follow me and follow my journey. Love it. Thanks so much for joining us, Samantha. Thanks, Sam. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much for having me. This was a lovely conversation. Yes, it's been such a pleasure. And uh, we look forward to talking about more weather things. Yes, yes. <laughs> bring oh, the LA vibes yeah, here. Bring the LA vibes yeah, here. We yeah, need girl. it. I know, I know. I gotta bring it. Gotta bring it here. <laughs> Thanks, Samantha. Thank you so much. Discovery, the radio show for podcasters, exclusive to 1059 The Region. Expand your audience and extend your reach. Send us your podcast. Info at 1059theregion.com.